podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, my name's Mark Webster. This is the Whistleblowers. I'd like to say a couple of, uh, well, certainly a new face and an old face. Oh, well, I don't mean to put it quite like that. But uh, uh, he's, he's a face that's been a face here before, but he hasn't been a face for a while. I'll stop using the word face. Quite so often now, I'll never say it again. But we will start, I think, with Gary Hayes. Welcome along. Thank you. How much. are you? Um, Gary will be familiar, of course, in terms of uh, our Wacky Word of Podcasting because of uh, th- you have a certain Chelsea affiliation, don't you? Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> no, don't need to be like <laughs> that. This season, we'll do that for you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I do the uh, the Chelsea podcast every now and then with um, Andy, Kerry, and, and Phil. Exactly when, right. When we get our, when we've been ranting a lot this week, uh, this season. Well, but of course you've you've, you've had a, a, a good night out. The only the other night, which we were oh, discussing. Yeah. It, in I think it sums it up though that a good night out is against Spurs, when normally it's just <laughs> exactly. taken for granted. Meanwhile, surviving yet another season with a smile on his face, Miles Jameson returns. Welcome along, Miles. Thank you for having me back. Of course, he's our football manager, uh, guru, leader, El Supremo, and. Watford die hard and interesting season for your boys isn't it we, we will go into detail in a moment's time but, but can you uh, do you sit here sanguine in the fact that it's a, 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 another year in the top flight there, there's kind of this double-edged sword because for me we've had an amazing season you know we're, we're currently what 12th in the league we got to an FA Cup semi-final we should be very celebratory of that but since Christmas we haven't been good. So it, it hasn't been great to watch at points since Christmas this season. And of course, as, fa- as fans, it's, it's, it's extraordinarily difficult to, to sit there and, and, and just be... I mean, it, it, Gary, take it from the, the Chelsea point of view. You, go like, you, can't, you can't sit there watching Chelsea being deplorable since you're going like, oh, well, but we've had 10 great years, haven't we? No, it, no, it, exactly. you, you watch what's in front of you, don't you, as a, yeah. as a fan? Yeah, I think and then you get a lot of the old boys saying, oh, I remember in the 80s when things were bad or when, you know, in the 70s when, you know, the East Ham nearly crippled the club. And it's like, but isn't that, what's, what's the worth in that? It's about what's now, you know? And when, when you see a team that's been champions just uh, completely collapsing the way they have, it's just, um, it's frustrating. You know, I, I have to deal with it in a professional capacity, which I think... Um, Makes it better for me because it Does makes that means you go to a small dark room and, and, and cry. Yeah, yeah. okay, no, that's, but, just clear that. Yeah, but yeah, no, it, I think it makes it better for me because um, you know when Chelsea were running away with a title last year, there was only so many superlatives you could use every yeah. week. And you run out of it, and the story becomes boring. Whereas this year, it's been so up and down, it's been so unpredictable that it's made it interesting. Yeah, but then, I see that from the personal point of view. You're gutted because you're going home upset every weekend. I get that. What we should deal with our course. So let's let's start away at the top and let's go straight to the top. Um, for a sentence which which so much reminds me of when Prince Harry went boom with the Queen <laughs> in the Obama video is when Mr. Scudwell said Leicester have made mugs of us all. Obviously, he's got a creative team in of probably dozens of youngsters to come out the show. Richard Scudwell's never said made mugs of, of, of any... Well, he, he might have done when he's gone with his family to one of them little places where you go and make mugs, you know, <laughs> and then pottery places, you know, and, and, and the kids paint little things on the side and all that. But what's interesting about this, Miles, is that you, you kind of got involved, football manager, got involved with the Leicester story 
sort of halfway through the season. Yeah, we, was it? Let's remind us. Was it bubbling away at that point? I can't it was. I mean, you know, Leicester have obviously been doing well for most of the season. Yeah. But um, for us, we've got a few Leicester fans who work at the studio. There's three, uh, three Leicester City fans, and Leicester got in touch with us, um, going. We've still got some space on some ad hoardings, and we were like, "Well, we'll have that then," because yeah. we had some money left over. Um, but it's become a much closer relationship with us um, over that the, the last few months. It's been um, it's it's just been fantastic to see taking away the fact that it's good for us commercially. Yeah. It's been brilliant for football, as far as I'm concerned, for someone to be breaking down that barrier and for the players that they've got. I mean, if you think. Mares was signed for less than half a million quid. Yeah. Um, Jamie Vardy was was a million, but from Fleetwood's from, a, from Fleetwood, um, you've just got a bunch of players that other clubs wouldn't have looked at and in that moulded as a team. But watching it closely, were, were, were even you thinking the bubbles burst? The bubbles burst. Was there ever that sense, sort of in in and around the bubble of the club, that they thought they could keep this going? I did not think at Christmas that Leicester were going to win the league, yeah. and I had a meeting with them about a month ago when they told me that their target was still top three. You know, and their, yeah, their, their target yeah. had moved from finishing 12th to being top three. You've got, you've got to look that, like the players, the bonus clause for the players was only on finishing 12th. The manager had a nicer bonus clause oh, for, for winning the league. I, I say, it, 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 that's like Alec Guinness and Star Wars, isn't it? That's why I say, oh, I won't take the fee, but I'll take a yeah. percentage. Yes, indeed, indeed. But I, was, I just think talking about, you know, thinking of them having that, you know, even a month ago, their target was still the top three. It's because almost that, you know, a club of that size as well, that it, if they did believe it, that would be the moment that it would end. Absolutely. You know, yeah. So they, they, they've done everything right. They've done everything right. They and, have. and they've just, you know, and it, I guess having someone like Ranieri with Diddy Dong, Diddy Ding, or whatever, whatever he's saying is, you know, having that whole approach to it, you know, they've been so laid back about it that they, you could see the players haven't really felt the pressure in the way that Spurs did because, because they're Spurs, that expectation's been there and they, they let things slip against West Brom. Whereas when Leicester have been in similar positions, they've been able to get through it because that, the pressure hasn't been I want to talk there. about that Bill and Ben thing in a moment, but I, I, I just curiously... Ranieri, to, what's what, give us give us a sense of, of of him in terms of the of a Chelsea man? I quite like the idea of him actually having to go and win it at Chelsea on the last game of the season, which they would then do nine nil. We'll discuss that in terms of Tottenham Spurs, uh, uh, Tottenham Chelsea in a moment's time. But is Ranieri still held in the hearts of fans? Yeah, yeah, I think he is because you know he had that persona as the tinker man and and everything else yeah. that. It, that was a, a way of the press criticising him. I, I wasn't a journalist at the time, but you could see that it was a way of the press, you know, just making a caricature of him almost. But then that endeared into fans, you know, because he became, you know, this this caricature that's carried over into, you know, English football now. You, you know, never bit, did season. he? You, ne- you never saw no, him any other this kind of figure I, that we I see think now. that there, there were times when he, he hasn't really done it this year, which I'm really surprised I won the league because of him. Because there were so many times as a Chelsea manager that he had the opportunity to do something and he got right to that point and fluffed his lines. Ah, and, interesting. And I think Chelsea fans were getting frustrated with him, but then the way that he dealt with all this speculation with the last three or four months of the season, he dealt with it with such dignity where he didn't bite. He just went to work every day. He had his, you know, every question in a press conference about him being replaced and he went out you know, with his head held on. I think Chelsea fans respected he that. He seemed to have got the timing of every stage absolutely right. What's interesting is, in terms of football manager, is that the, 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 what's weird about Leicester, perhaps not weird about Leicester, perhaps that's the point. Good, good Joes, just good fellas, 
and the the biggest football manager players in the Premier League. They they are all, as far as we know. Yeah. There are more players at Leicester who play football manager than at any other club, and we've got a video going out very soon that shows that where three of them are playing the game against each other. Um, but they've bought into the the whole thing when when the press have taken the Mickey out of them, like yeah. the dilly ding dilly dong thing. They've bought into that. The yeah, players yeah. have actually bought into that, and they're they're loving every minute of it. But you know, obviously, Ranieri's in the focus because they've won the league. But it's not just down to him; it's down to the other backroom staff as well. So there've been stories this week about beetroot shoots um, and about ice chambers, and and that's how they've kept them fit. If you I, like, do you know, that's weird. You say that. I read that briefly, beetroot shoots, and I read it as ice cucumbers. <laughs> and I think simply because of the vegetables. I'm going to have to go home and read that. It, it, it was, was it chambers? It's the ice yeah. chamber. So, and a, a I, what, I still think like ice minus cu- 290 degrees or something stupid. It, it's it's it? 135, I think. I but still a, think but an ice Watford, cucumber can be, you know, can, can be very fortified. Most, most, most Premier League clubs have ice chambers that come to them and then go away. So they'll have them a couple of days a month. Leicester actually got one in permanently, and I know that Watford have done the same now as well at their training ground because they do help aid recovery well you keep your so, vodka but if, but if you mm. look at if you look at how many players Leicester have picked all season they've got the lowest amount of players that they've picked in the league so they've been able to keep the team together they've kept them uninjured so the sports science team actually have to get props for that that's a yeah. massive as, point as, it? as, as it, do it, the scouting team so, well yeah of course I mean but this tiny squad because you, if there was a house of cards part of this for me it would have been that this probably 13 or 14 man which is like talking about something all basically pre-premier league pre-premiership almost i think what's helping getting, as well getting them across the line with that tiny tiny squad is that it's, it's very similar to what liverpool did two years ago with with rogers in that yeah you know obviously leicester have never played well that's why i've played in europe but you know that they, they haven't been playing in europe for a very long time since martin o'neill when they won the the uh the coca-cola cup as it was at the time and not having that pressure and going out of the FA Cup early. they went out to Spurs didn't they as well yeah, and yeah. I think just go, they've been playing Saturday to Saturday Saturday to Saturday they haven't had to be dealing with the yeah, because once pre-season's gone clubs their training schedules become about recovery tactics recovery tactics you know and they haven't had to put up with that they, they've been able to train properly you know Monday to Friday Ranieri's been able to do his work on the training pitch of them and it, and it shows and you know, going back to the reason I brought up Liverpool is that Rodgers did it with that Liverpool team yeah. and they really missed their chance to win the title then. You felt then that it they gone. did. Yeah. Like, much in the way that Arsenal have done it this yeah, because, year. But then so what, what happened with Liverpool is then, that yeah. when, when that start contending with Champions League football, Rodgers, as a manager, you could see the shortcomings because he couldn't actually deal with it, which is why it's interesting next season when we talk about how you know the recovery and the fitness of these Leicester players you're probably going to see more players used in the Premier League because they have to next, she- next season is such a different story and if you look at three of the teams that were in the FA Cup semi-finals Everton, Watford and Palace yeah. they've all had bad league form in yeah. the second half of the season with the cup run as well because they've had more games yeah. going on yeah. so. and there was a lesson I forget who he was now. apologies to who, who he was but he said at the week and he was perfectly open about it he said like we, 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 it was easy for us in the sense that we could focus on our games. We knew that we were there every Saturday, and the rest of them had other stuff to worry about. Yeah. And, 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 and all they did was the only thing you can do, take advantage so of it. So I remember um, it was a really interesting piece by Tom Colomossi for The Standard in, it must have been January or February time, and he said um, Spurs need to give up on their tradition of the FA Cup if they're going to win the league. 
and basically it was for that point and he stands so to put, reason put the kids out yeah, yeah. Um, I love this from Frank Clark uh, it's a beautiful quote uh, this, it, it, we'll talk about because I want to talk about the derby in a moment but um, Frank Clark said they had a big forest because it's the 150th anniversary the other night and he said what Leicester have done is the greatest achievement ever Porter effect since the formation of the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> well played, Mr. Frank Clark. Um, but, it, but it is another it, miracle, it, isn't it? it, it it's, it, it's its own version. It's, just, it's, it's the, you know, if, if, if zero was 20 years ago, you know, if it's A, you know, if it's a D and B, C and whatnot, it is in context unbelievable, isn't it, Mark? The, the only thing is, was, though, is that what I'd say about it, you know, Forrest are going to want to keep claiming that about the 70s, what they did there, which is, you know, what they did was you know truly incredible. But at the same time, regional football clubs still existed in that way. You know, you saw what Ipswich did as well with um, yeah. Bobby. You know, it wasn't, they didn't do it on the same scale as what Forrest did, but they, they were still able to go out and achieve something that you look at Ipswich now and you think there's no chance, you know. But Leicester have done it in a time where it's about big corporations as football clubs. Oh, I think I, I, I think it is a t- within this twenty-year period because of course I, I, because the, the, I think the point he's made and it actually uses the phrase "there's no comparison." It's a pointless comparison to make, Less- although everybody's doing it. You know, Leicester's owners are billionaires, though. No, sure, you know, yeah, so yeah, they're yeah, still, yeah, yeah. you know, let, yeah, let's forget not that. forget that well, they the are humble billionaires that own Leicester. Yeah, but, yeah. but they've they've done an absolutely phenomenal job, but. If they want to achieve what Nottingham Forest did in the seventies and, and early eighties, then then they need to win in Europe yeah, next sure. season as well, which I think will be harder for them. But then when I think they, that's surely a different. Story, but when, look, when they when they brought in Ranieri, my banter in the office of the Leicester fans were, well, you know, thanks a lot. That's one position we don't have to work <laughs> next season. It, it, and and if if you also look at the start of the season with the journos. Every journal, apart from one at the Guardian, said that Watford and Leicester were going down. Yeah, so, so both teams have massively overachieved. But but what Leicester have done, it's brilliant. And and for any of us that don't support those clubs that are in the the big six, it's not the big four. It, it's yeah, the big yeah. six. It gives us all hope. Yeah, right. Too right. That we can do it. As it well. It's interesting what you say about the start of the season because I, I was on holiday in Mexico and um, there was this. Loads of Americans everywhere, and um, just randomly bumped into this English couple, uh, my wife and I. And it was, uh, we knew they were English because the guy was laying on a Leicester towel. And <laughs> I just started yeah, chatting to yeah, him. Yeah, that could be only, yeah, definitely yeah. the only person in the world. Well, in- be, English, yeah. German, or Algerian. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And I just saw him. I just saw him. And I don't normally speak to people on holiday, but it was, we was covered, surrounded by so many Americans. I saw him and went, Oh, I'm a, yeah, a Leicester fan. And he went, Yo, you're a Leicester fan as well. And, no, no, I'm Chelsea, but, you know, and we started having this chat anyway. Stall, yeah. But then and I started laughing at him. You know, we were chatting. I started <laughs> laughing. I goes, yeah, unlucky. He goes, well, he's got Ranieri. And he's like, oh, yeah, I know. What? And we were both discussing. And I didn't get the guy's name. We met him just like this one afternoon. It was their last day and they were going. And, and then, um, yeah, he, he disappeared. And I've always wanted to, like, what was this guy's name? Where is he? Because I need to be like... Yeah, you know, hold my head in shame as a as a football writer. Cause I'm like, I laughed about it, you know, along with so many others. But I laughed about it. And, and you need to happened. eat humble guacamole. That's exactly <laughs> what you need yeah. to do with him. Which brings us nicely. It doesn't bring actually. We need to preclude this. It doesn't bring us nicely to one of the best derby games and one indeed one of the best London derby games in in living memory. But it take, in fact, it probably takes us back then to go to. Aiden has been put on the spot somewhat by a BBC reporter about 
what his his thoughts were yep. about um, beating Spurs, in, or in other words, stopping Spurs winning the title. Now he was asked, he was asked an honest question, he was, he, and he gave an honest answer. He got a bit of a kicking for that. I thought it was, I thought it was, I thought it was commendable. Yeah, I said. think it's, I think it's ridiculous that he got a kicking for it. I'm, I'm not saying that as a Chelsea fan. I'm saying it as a journalist. I yeah. think that in these times where we speak with players and football's so sanitised and you want them to say something that's a bit different to, to give you interesting copy and something you can get a bit creative with, Hazard does it and we all complain. I was just like, well, no, he's giving an honest opinion and he's showing that behind the footballer there's a person. Yeah. Because we forget that. You know, and, and when you're working with him, you know, closely for the whole season, you, you, get, you get to see it and you get to see another side of him, but you don't get to write about it. And then Hazard suddenly comes out of it and the season he's had as well. Yes. And he's, get, he's getting spoken about you know, amongst Chelsea fans for the right reasons because they're talking about a player that understands the tradition of the club. You know, we, we say about players now, they're mercenaries and that they don't want to be at a club, they're only there for the money. But then you get a player like Hazard who's handsomely paid, but he understands what it means to be a Chelsea player when you're playing against Spurs. And sometimes that's missing in football and it's refreshing to see it. I think, I think my, my guess would be, I mean, not this, obviously he doesn't know the tradition because of history. You know, I, I grew up as a lad thinking this was one of the biggest... What he's told us, which I think is the wonderful thing about it, is he's given some insight into training and the dressing room and sh- and the shower and having a cup of tea afterwards. We we, we know how Chelsea are thinking because of Aiden Hazard being perhaps a little bit liberal with his with his lips. Well, I've I've seen Hazard being um, vilified on Twitter yeah. and in the press. I've seen Fabregas being vilified. People aren't talking about William and William. I, I tweeted this out the other night and it's very rare that I tweet out videos that I don't have copyright permission to tweet out. <laughs> but, uh, but Willian, uh, at a free kick situation, started tapping his badge that said Premier League champions. But yeah, you, know why he was t- you know why he was tapping that? Because Tottenham were trying to win the league. No, no, what happened is um, the Spurs fans were sitting can we swear on this podcast? I would use any form of language you, you feel that you, would be appropriate in this situation. So Spurs fans, to quote, not my words, Spurs fans were singing to Chelsea, you're fucking shit, you're fucking shit. And they were doing it to William, obviously, because of the history of um, the people from Spurs buying his flight, but then he saw the light and a Bramvinge got on the Stanford Bridge <laughs> and what, what not. But but that's why he did it. Because so he said, well, well it, yeah. I'm... I'm effing shy, am I? Well, what's this gold lion doing on my badge? Okay, it's not going to be on there next season, but I'm that bad that I've got it. That's that's what it was. But, like it, but, it, but it was when that happened, that's when it all really kicked off. But the, the only thing is... It, is it, that, it, it, it had been a little bit before then, but that's when it really kicked off. And I... I, you I, know, hope, I, I hope we're not I about to say, say this, which is a terrible problem. <laughs> that's exactly, yeah. I have no problem with it. The game, the, the, the game was a combative... Um, London derby between two clubs that there's lots of rivalry throughout, and, and there was something and there was, on it. There was lots of niggle, and, and See, I, I, I really was, like it. I was sitting there, yeah. I enjoyed it. I, yeah, I, yeah. I don't understand the fallout. I, I like I well, that, some some of the challenges. No, were no horrible. I, I, well, there's there's a, there's a, there's a Dembele eye gouge. There's of course the Cesc Fabregas. Was it was it like flick? Ham, was it an eye gouge? <laughs> it's an eye gouge. It's but, like, but did did he get his eye? No, but he, he tried to. He, he tried to. He yeah. tried to, but he missed yeah, it. Yeah. But but let's not criticise him for missing. Well, he, he misses a lot of long no, shots. No, but so. it was a plucky attempt to remove an opponent's eye, uh, for which he's going to get a seven game ban, I think, and not, and, and not start the season. See, I, 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 again but, with that. Well, can I just, just can I just I want to ch- chuck you, Danny Rosie, uh, who I think 
who was right in the middle of it all. You know, he, he was he, fuming. He lost. The... He lost his rag. Yeah. But afterwards, he spoke very eloquently. It's a London derby. It's to be expected. They wanted to stop us having any more say. I've got no bad words to say about Chelsea. And I kind of like that. I, I, I like the fact that what he's done is he's, he's, he's in there. Yeah. He's in, he's in that rug. He's in that melee when the pub's chucked out and the bouncers are getting involved and the purple robes are flying everywhere and there's girls going, leave it, Gary, he's not worth it. And, <laughs> and, right in the, and there's Dan, Danny Rose in the mix of all that stuff. But at the, at the, the back end of it, he said what I think what we all say as fans but is that it was an honest it was it, it, it you know, I've got um, I've got friends who are Spurs fans and for 90 minutes they were tweeting me and abusing me and then after it you know when I was you know sticking a little bit back when I wasn't because I was at the game you know reporting on it and then I was sending some messages back every now and then but you know and then uh, the day after it was over private messages but it was you know me acknowledging what a very good team though you know so it was literally what you get with the fans where for 90 minutes you're sticking it to each other and then they've got the enough respect for the players and yeah. like, look I understand why they were playing like this but because they're representing something different to what we are and didn't Hiddink say the same after the game though as yeah, well yeah. It's, like, it's a London derby yeah, what yeah. do you well, John expect? Terry said it John Terry yeah. came out and said look I don't want to see anyone oh, getting... John, Ter- John Terry was very in his own unequivocal way in, in a full we, kit we don't, right? lose, we don't lose Spurs exactly no but, but he came out and said I don't want to see anyone getting banned for, for what's gone on and you know no one stoked the flames for what's happened I, with nine with yellow Costa cards and, though I've got it's, to be it's brilliant, right? Nine yellow cards for one team. I must have. I was. I was just like I was. Working, I was doing do, do my TV job. I'm in Nottingham, and I was watching the last race, and I thought, I thought it was all set up for Mark Clattenburg. I thought Mark Clattenburg. I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, he is the weird thing, but he's, he had every chance to influence that game. He, I thought he said after the game, apparently to friends, to, to friends, yeah, that he should have stopped stuff earlier. If he'd stopped stuff earlier, there would have just been more yellow cards, yes. and there would have been red cards. Yeah, different set of cards, wouldn't yeah. it? Exactly, to, to, yeah. to go back to, That's um, I, I agree entirely. Yeah, the, the players were so pumped. You know, you could see it. The players were so pumped from both sides. But there was talking about William being the villain and stuff, and. What happened William is... William um, the Villian. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed. And on that note... Here we go, we've got handshakes yeah. going on here. We've got 10 more to go, but we should have stopped there, really. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I just think, like... Uh, and I watched the game back because I had to, to write some stuff about it. So I watched it back when I got in. And um, so I wanted to make sure I was getting facts right and bits. And when I was watching the game, Dan- Danny Rose had the ball and um, William tried to press him. And then he put it inside. And I wasn't sure if it was Lamella had a go at him or William said something because Danny Rose went, what? You know, and then the ball goes up, up that end of a bit of football where Harry Kane scores. You know, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, but then when I, I, I didn't really pick up on it at the time. And when I watched it back, when you hear Danny Rose on the mic, go, what? And you see he's, him shrugging. And that just summed him up because he was on edge the whole yes. game. He was on edge. And, and you could see it with him and then other players, you know, Fabregas, I, I tweeted out saying, you know, um, a sign of whether Chelsea are up for it or not. Fabregas just won a 50-50. Yes. You know, because Fabregas I, I doesn't win 50-50 channels. I can't think of a game like it all season. That is brilliant. And, or indeed for many a long year. And, uh, and I don't want to start waxing a about, like, you know, we all drank brown beer and, you know, we shoved babies up chimneys for a living and all that <laughs> stuff. But it, it just felt like something that was... So a somewhat missing yeah. a little bit. It, it's the combative nature of it. And for me... If a game really matters, then you're going to go in like yeah. that. So yeah. I would, I would both love and hate to see it from from a Watford team. When it comes to the playoffs, 
this season. If AFC Wimbledon put in a performance like that <laughs> in their playoff this season, I'm going to be utterly delighted. Yeah. If, if they are trying that hard to win the game, yeah. then you can't fault them. Uh, and what I love, just on this game as well, it, but, but there's only one thing that almost matters in this, is that the, the, the we out Obama microphone on the deck moment was Hazard's finish. Oh yeah, goal. it was incredible. Jesus Christ! You know. I'll tell you what as well. Just just something to add to that, and it, it came when I watched it, the game back on Sky. Was just um, going back to John Terry. Just Spurs lost that control of the game totally, and I think you could see that. Um, you know, I'm maybe moving a little bit away from the derby aspect of it, but you could see it lost their heads, and you know, when Cahill scored that goal, you could just sense it from the bench. Pochettino, you know, looking at him and, and his assistants, they were thinking, you know, what's going on here? You could sense it with the players, and then the Hazard scores, but then. On the 88th minute, and John Terry, Chelsea had a corner, and the camera for some reason went on him, and he was pointing to someone off screen, and you'd slip read him, and he says, If they break, make a foul here. You know, yeah. you could just see, and Spurs weren't doing that. Spurs just lost it. Yeah, bring him down here. And whereas take the you, you can yeah. see, yeah, exactly. And you could just see the, the level of professionalism from the Chelsea players that I thought in the first half, it, that wasn't there with Chelsea. And Spurs, they were still up for it, but you could see by the way they were playing that they, they had their heads under control. Yeah. And then once it started going against them, they lost it. And I think that was a sign of the young team, whereas Chelsea had that game management to get through it. Hazard won the league for Chelsea last season. Yeah. And he won the league for Leicester this season. And, is he, uh, and the funny thing yeah, is, the funny thing is, is that his last goal, his last goal at Stamford Bridge before this week, won Chelsea the Premier League. And then 365 days later, he's winning the Premier League, but obviously for Leicester. And probably staying next year. On that note, I think so. He looks. I, I'd love. I'd love him to be around. I, I, I thought uh, he looks a bit of a journeyman. He looked one of those sort of flight, you know, flutter by players. Because of how poor he was this year, but because the way he's finished, I'd love to see him have another go next I'd, year. I, I, I think he needs a cuddle, and whether he's going to get I, I that cuddle well, from Conte um, or not, I'm this, not sure. I've got, this is just a theory I've got. I've got nothing backing it up. Is it cuddler? <laughs> do we know? <laughs> well, I don't, I don't know. You, you look at what he did with players like Pirlo. Maybe he's got an element to him, but I just think you know this is my theory alone. Um, I just think that he was struggling in, with injury so much this season that it was more to do with Chelsea's transfer policy as to why he's been this bad. Because I think it was the Gerard Torres problem that Liverpool had, where oh, what you're sixty percent fit, right? You've got to play. And yeah. Gerard could get through it, and he saw that Torres started struggling with that later on in his Liverpool career. It carried over to Chelsea, and I think Hazard. He's not that type of player. He, he needs to... You know, like people say about storage, that he needs to feel 100% fit to play well. I, I, Same with Hazard. I, I just think in the last week, though, he, he's probably just but fixed I, a lot of that. But that's, with, the, that's what... I yeah. think you look at it, though, that Chelsea have to keep playing him in important games. And then I think what was telling is that he went off injured against PSG in that second leg at Stamford Bridge. And then we didn't see him for six weeks. Presumably with no Europe next season... Chelsea have won the league by Christmas, right? Well, this is the point. Is that I've been. Writing... Oh, I have no. I had no interest in discussing Chelsea's next season, Miles. <laughs> sorry, Mark. But thanks very much. This is. Gary, what I mean. got, I'll give so, you thirty. I'll give, I'll, sorry for ruining your podcast. I'll give you fourteen <laughs> to sixteen seconds. Well, on I, I put it to Hiddink in a press conference a little while back when it was. Oh, this is quite good. I'm going to hear the history. Go no, on, no, go sorry. On and I said to him, "Look, is it better that Chelsea for this group of players and for what?" Conte needs to do next season surely it's better that you don't finish in Europe and he got really offended because he thought I was trying to say that you're going to throw it but yeah, a couple of weeks later when he understood the question again he said yeah it probably is because they Conte, imagine a manager like Conte on the training ground Monday to Friday with the players of that talent in that squad can, can I say go, can you go to the next president and say 
Gus, do you think Chelsea can do a Leicester next year? I'm at his press conference tomorrow. I might say, try that. See, see how that one goes down. Um, I want to talk about. Um, we're going to talk about um, the weekend at the moment because obviously Man City, uh, he's, you know, he's still fresh in our mind from um, their little walk with the park they had the other night. Um, but Watford's an intriguing one. You, you, you touched on it earlier, Miles, about the fact that you had a big first half of the season. You've had a, you've had an or an indifferent second half of the season. It could be argued the indifferent second half of the season is a direct result of, the, of, of a successful first half of the season, as in we've cracked it, we're staying there. And, and these things happen in football, in football clubs and with footballers, and we, it cannot be denied. But, but what's your take on, on your club? I actually think that we were so good in the first half of the season that clubs that weren't taking us seriously now do. So whereas uh, we had a bit of freedom when it came to tactics and certainly Agarlo had a lot of freedom as a player, he's now got two people marking him every yeah. game, um, which has made it harder for him to be able to play. Um, as a supporter of the club, we've had possibly the second best season in the club's history. You know, from, from when, from when we finished we second. the points and the position, yeah, etc. Et exactly. Et yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's been magnificent, but we need to grow on this and we, we need to keep growing. There are a few players that we've already signed for next season. We've got one, uh, well, we've got two kids who are on loan oh, at the well, moment. Can I just, hold on, in that case, can I just take a step backwards? If you talk about players that have been signed, we're talking about a club that's signing players with a manager whose position is potentially in jeopardy. Tell me how that works. Um, we have the setup that we have is that the head coach is a head coach. He's not a manager. So we have. So he di- works with what he's given. We have a director of football. We have a technical director, and we have an owner whose office is based at the training ground. So, um, <laughs> so Gino. Um, well, he's got big binoculars. Well, is it, it's like the horse racing. Whilst Gino would never get involved on the day to day picking the team side of things. Um, he has the scouting network across the three clubs and he is very much a, a football person. And the running of the club is left to Scott Duxbury and Gino is there at the training ground with Luke Dowling, uh, our technical and director. What is the your, uh, and where are we with the head coach? Um, do you think? At the moment, we've got three games to go at the for the rest of the season and a discussion will be had at the end of the season so you between think the head games coach. Will be uh, of an issue. I don't in terms be- of his future. I don't believe a decision has been made at the moment about his future. I believe that Scott and Gino and Kike will sit down at the rest of the se- at the end of the season. Kike is not going to be short of offers. So Kike, no, good Kike, God, no. Valencia need a new manager. Exactly. So yes. Kike, Kike. Kike might decide Sonny himself. Sonny Beckham, yeah. you know. He might decide himself to go back to Spain. It was Kike who put the clause in the contract for a break clause at the end of the first season. Um, I'm very lucky in that I've I've got to meet and uh, I wouldn't say I've got to know Gino over the the season, Gino Pozzo, but I've met him a few times. Um, I do know Scott, the chief exec, and. It's weird for a football fan to sit here and, and say this, but I really trust what decision they're going to make because with Jukanovic, um, they 
you know, Jokanovic decided to not sign a new contract with the club. Um, and they went off and got Kike. And you've got to look at what, what's happened. As a Watford supporter, I couldn't be happier with the fact that we're about to have a second season in the Premier League and, and, for and, the first and, time and, in our and, history. And, and, there lies where I'll go. There, it, 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 it's emotions will this is it's so easily done emotions could drive the way that people are thinking yeah Marshall you tell me a second but like but in terms of like the way that Watford are going like given the fact that they've, that their momentum is all the wrong way in the second half of the season you could yeah. actually see why the natives might get restless couldn't that's you? why football fans don't run clubs I guess because yes they because they react on emotion. Yeah, reaction, j- yeah. just to, just to use um this is a uh, virtual reality example, but why I think it stands up and it works because Miles is here. When I'm on uh, Football Manager, I can't manage Chelsea because I, I can't drop certain I, I, players. I'm totally because- sorry. Are you allowed back on Virtual Manager now? Yeah. We did discuss <laughs> no, no, earlier. Saying, well, we discussed well, earlier before we started this podcast when, that his entire relationship <laughs> yeah, no. was based on whether he played Football Manager <laughs> but, anymore but, but, or not. But whenever I've played it, I couldn't manage Chelsea because it would be plates and mugs being thrown. Because well, even in yeah, the. Because I can't drop. The thing is, you know, and I'm going back 10 years now to when I was really into it, and I couldn't drop Joe Cole and I couldn't drop Lampard. And it was detrimental to the. You know, to, to the game. Do you know what I mean? So, and it, it bring, brings it here now. You know, to the idea of fans running clubs, and I think that's what you say. You know, these, these are businessmen running clubs, and I think what you're talking about in terms of the way Watford are set up is why the club are able to go. You know, you had that crazy year last year when you're in the championship. Was it five managers? Four, four managers, and you still got promoted. But it's because of what's supporting that managerial structure and like you say it's a head coach coming in so, so it's not so that the they're structure changing remains every, strong the, the, and, but and it's just and, and, exactly. and yeah. again if you bring it back to Leicester yeah. Leicester didn't lose any of their staff apart yeah. from Nigel Pearson but Ranieri made that they point which is in, amazing they brought in Ranieri but the rest of the staff stayed the same and the same thing would happen at never Watford never been known in, in the contemporary football in you know yeah. a, a, certainly at like a successful level in a generation because so Amazing. And he, he made the point um, in a press conference. I don't know when it was, but I saw it the other day on TV. And he said, um, "I'm not the manager. I'm the head coach." You know, and he, he made a point of saying it because you know you look at what's happened at Chelsea. I know I'm talking about Chelsea just because it's, I guess, what more qualified to talk about. But Jose's gone, and all his backroom team's gone with him, and all you're left with is, is Steve Holland, Eddie Newton, who is well regarded among Chelsea who fans who was terrific in the bundle the other night as well oh, I, thought. I, I, mean, I, I saw him get I South trust London Eddie, on a few people Eddie Newton went, went uh, that nightclub in Keyson on everybody's yeah, house yeah. Oh, he it, certainly did yeah, is yeah. South London a technical term yeah 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 I don't oh, know maybe I've just made it one it's a verb <laughs> it's actually a verb but, but um, I just think you know, so what you've seen at Chelsea now is that Jose's gone and there's been this you know this vacuum at the club where Steve Holland's there because it's a club appointment but um, Eddie Newton has been working with Paolo Ferreira monitoring the loan players and he's had to come in back to coaching now and that's not really what is it the club to be doing and you know Lollishon's been there as the goalkeeper coach and he's been in mainstay but they've had so many changes around it whereas you look at Leicester Ranieri's coming bought a couple of his own guys the goalkeeper coach left after a few weeks didn't he into the new season but they've had that structure which has yeah. supported everything that a coach is trying to do now, just before we go, first of all, tell us about Bleacher Report um, because I want to just talk about Pitchfork to the weekend. But but you, you, obviously, you contribute towards uh, you, you do a Chelsea bit for Bleacher Report, and that's a that's a, that's a strange one. Not least which, from my background, you know, I understand that in, on American sports terms. But good Lord Almighty, 
It's like calling it soccer ball. Yeah, info. yeah, true. Well, the, 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 the reason it's called Bleacher Report, obviously, is it started out as the bleachers being the terraces over there. So it'd be, yes. like, it'd be almost like calling it Terrace Report if you're in England. But yeah, but it's an American word. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, yeah, yeah. Because I remember the first time I heard it was um, Highway 61 revisited when Bob Dylan says, "Put some bleachers out in the sun." Uh, but yeah, you know, and I was like, well, and you know, "What the hell is that?" Yeah, 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 but, yeah. So it, initially, it was the it was fans writing about their clubs and everything else, you know, American football, and then they got bought out by Turner. Broadcasting. So, so it's an enormous... Yeah, huge now. It's, it's a global football format. There, yeah, or, but, or, but or forum. what they've done is they've moved away from fans writing about the um, about their clubs and they've got more professional people in. Um, I'm trying to put myself in that bracket and, there. Hang on, are you, but you're a fan writing about your club even though you're a professional journalist. Yeah, it just happens to be that... The reason I got the job is because I used to work for Chelsea and they needed the Chelsea writer. And I don't know who gave my name. And they, this guy from America just called me and said, we need someone to write about Chelsea. We hear you used to write about the club for them. Um, would you do it for us? And I was like, who are you? And I was like, okay, yeah. So I started doing it. And I just started working in a freelance capacity with them. But I absolutely love it. I think it's, um, it's really good at what it does. It feels a niche in the market. And do you know what? Sometimes it's, sometimes it's worth looking at stuff that's taken the step away from what we are, you know, it, 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 these are, these are, I, I, obviously I know that they're the fancy Dan, Johnny come lately, they only, they only arrived here 250 years ago, merchants, but some, but, the, but of course it's a refreshing look every now and then, and yeah. I think that's important. I think what it is, you know, the best way to describe it is that it's a 21st media century, a 21st media company for the, for the 21st century, because everything about it is very modern, and everything they do is very modern, it's a different type of journalism, but... I love writing for them, and I think they're yeah, really but, good at what they do. Yeah, but the heart and soul of it is, is, is all still is all still mud and and bollock tweaking <laughs> in, <laughs> a, in a Fabregas kind of way. <laughs> we, we, Pizza we, throwing. We work with them as well. We work with oh, really, yeah? quite a lot because basically it's football fans who are writing stuff. Yeah. They're writing stuff intelligently, yeah. um, and it's it's a good place to get football info from. Yeah, it's just you know just to go back to it. I, I write about Chelsea in a professional capacity for them but you know there's guys across the, and that, that just happens to be that I write about them, but there's a guy called Sam who writes about everything in football and he's a Villa fan there you go so it doesn't uh, have to be you have to be a fan just, to write be, about just before football, we go uh, I, I, I want to talk about the, uh, the, the what I thought was like the book of bedtime which was Man City's performance uh, the other night oh dearie me but um, more importantly Man City Arsenal coming up at the weekend. I don't normally do massive get, game. get involved in predictions, but the context is enormous. Where's it going, Miles? And then all. we'll turn to you, Gal. One all. Just, and which gets us where though? Just, just to make Where's it, it really us? well for me. Actually, the the relegation battle is more interesting at the moment than the Champions League battle. Yeah, okay. um, because it's not just Newcastle. Yeah, don't worry, Sam. We're, we're on two more wins. We'll deal with that later. It, it, uh, okay, <laughs> fine. Um, <clears throat> but um, I, I can't. I've I've spent the whole season wondering which teams actually want to be in the Champions League next yeah. year. So Leicester, yeah. Leicester have been. We don't really care where we're going to be, right? Let Leicester have been. We're just going to play yeah. football, and they've ended up winning the league. And Spurs—they're the who to thunk it team. Spurs, isn't yeah. who are the new young bucks coming through, who have a lot of determined, incredibly good players, um, and have a really massive team ethic there. I still think they're going to finish second. And then the the cities, Arsenal's, the Chelsea's. The, the United are just going, right. well, yeah, maybe we'll finish top four, maybe not. So one all just basically 
sums up the whole season <laughs> that <laughs> neither of them that neither of them actually want to get the he, Champions so he's got this an insipid one always sort of symbolises their season but it's patently massive for both clubs what happens Gal? Arsenal going to win and oh and I really want it to happen because I'm thinking of narrative here I just think it'd be amazing if United get fourth and Guardiola has to come to City and go in the Europa League. I think it'd be brilliant. <laughs> I'd just love to see it because I don't buy into the the mystique around him as much as many other people do. But at, at, at this current moment in time, Europa League. at this current moment of time, we're sitting here in the studio. The Liverpool game is about to kick yeah. off. We have no idea what's happening. The <gasps> team that finished fourth could be in the Europa League next oh. year if Liverpool end up winning the Champions Oh, boys, the house of cards <laughs> upon which we are perched with our smiling faces, yet lack of knowledge. Ah, three kings of a paper... Th- oh, Jesus, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> that was all surprise. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.